The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In these times of rapid change, chaos, and crisis... A new wave of legendary leaders is rising up to answer their higher calling. Many are not famous nor have followers, though some do. They are brave individuals like you, seeking your highest truth and committed to deep personal change. Welcome to Legendary Leaders, Answering the Higher Calling with your host Maria Danley. Here is the innovative support you've been looking for to become the legendary leader you are destined to be. Now, here's Maria Danley. Hello and welcome to Legendary Leaders Answering the Higher Calling. I'm your host, Maria Danley, and it's good to be with you whenever that happens to be for you. I always appreciate our time together. The Legendary Leaders radio show focuses today on transformation. You'll be learning the four keys, the secrets to transforming anything that you want in your life. And we'll be talking about what each of those four steps are going to be in just in the order in which you'll be doing them shortly. So my hope is that by the end of this hour, that you'll be ready and able to transform anything in your life, so that anything that you want, so that you can know exactly how to do it and you can get on with the life of your dreams. I'll also be demonstrating this four-step process today by coaching one of you live on the air today. So keep this number handy, 866 866- Four seven two five seven nine five. Again, that's eight six six four seven two five seven nine five. And we'll keep the phone lines open to take your comments and questions about our show today. And I'll be channeling answers from your higher selves to questions that you may have about anything that's going on in your life. So again, keep that number handy eight six six four seven two five seven nine five. And thanks to all of you for your loyalty and for tuning in the way that you do to this show. And thank you to those also who have been sharing information about this radio show with your friends. I really appreciate that. It's fun to see the audience growing. And I'm very happy that we just launched a new Facebook fan page. So you can go to Facebook forward slash Legendary Leaders Radio Show and join us there. And for those of you who did write to me and wanted private readings, I'm giving private readings again. The private readings are good because they give us both the time and space to move through and transform several issues at a greater depth of healing when we have that private time together. So if that interests you, you can find out more about my readings by going to legendaryleaders.com and clicking on the offerings tab or the higher self readings picture on the homepage. 
We're going to start the show today, however, by talking about honor and loyalty, the first two qualities of chivalry that Merlin taught Arthur when he was a boy, according to the Merlin Arthur legacy. Now, from our shows in the past, you will remember that Arthur was whisked away from his mother at Grain when he was a baby because it was part of a bargain that Uther, that Uther, Arthur's father, had made with Merlin. Uther's agreement with Merlin was that if Merlin would work the magic so that Uther could Betty Grain, then if there were a baby born as a result of that union, the baby would be the property of Merlin to do with the baby as he wished. So Merlin did the magic and a baby boy was born out of that union. So Merlin took the boy Arthur to be raised in the country by Sir Ector and his wife alongside their natural born son Kay. Merlin came regularly to teach Arthur the art of chivalry and to teach the boy to be honest and to honor himself with honesty, to be honorable. This was the first lesson, the lesson of honor. For that's where character building begins. And for you parents out there who want to know how to raise good kids, these qualities of chivalry are a beautiful map for raising children. It starts with honesty. That's the foundation and the first step to be honest with yourself, to honor yourself with honesty, and to have honor. Now, out of this honesty and out of honoring yourself comes the second quality to learn in chivalry, comes loyalty. And so the next quality of chivalry that Merlin taught Arthur in the living of life, in the playing in the fields, in the exploration of the streams and of the trees and of the flowers, the animals, and in the living of a very natural life, Merlin would teach the boy loyalty, honor first, and then to be loyal, again, to himself. And for those of you learning to be loyal to yourself, loyalty begins with and is a part of your relationship with yourself, which means to be loyal to yourself, you need to know yourself. You cannot be loyal to yourself if you don't know who you are. Loyalty comes from being honest with yourself and to be vulnerable with yourself, to know your weaknesses, to know your shortnesses, to also know your strengths and your lengths and to know yourself and to be honest and know your and feel those vulnerabilities inside of you that are both weak and strong. Loyalty is also the willingness to bring love and trust, to bring loving and trusting and be loving and trusting enough to question and challenge your own assumptions on any topic, to look deeper and look more deeply into your beliefs and attitudes, questioning the things you hold as true with a capital T, and having the vulnerability to question them again. As you grow and change, which you always are doing, you can reassess your beliefs and attitudes. Is this true for me today, you may ask. And so to reach a state of finding out what is true for you, it begins with being honest and loyal and vulnerable with yourself first. So why do I start our discussion today on transformation, talking about honor and loyalty? Because these two qualities, these first two qualities of chivalry, of personal character, are essential if you want to have real success when you do the four-step transformational process. So let's continue. What are the four steps to transform anything? Well, here's a clear four-step process. You might, you might want to write this down so that you can remember these four words. Each word is a different step. And the four steps are recognize, acknowledge, forgive, and change. And I'll repeat that. 
recognize, acknowledge, forgive, and change. So as we look at each of these a little more closely, in step one, recognize. The process starts when you recognize what is going on for you. And many times we are all in situations that are uncomfortable, that we don't even recognize them as uncomfortable. We first must recognize, oh, this doesn't feel good, or I don't like my work or my work environment. Now, those may be obvious to you, but there are others that may be a bit more subtle. You may come to recognize, it doesn't feel good after I spend time with this person. That takes honesty to yourself, too, to recognize this. This is where honor comes in and why it's so important to develop a relationship of honesty with yourself. You do yourself no service by holding on to convenient untruths about yourself. They just keep you trapped in realities that are limited or imprisoning by self-delusion. So as you take recognition deeper by looking at any situation and asking yourself, what part of me is contributing to this situation? Is allowing it to be this way or creating what is happening here? Even if it's only 1% of the total 100% responsibility, you may say, yes, I can see that I have some responsibility for this being the way it is, even if I don't know what part of me is allowing or creating this. Of course, the more responsibility you can take, the easier the situation is to transform. And we're going to be doing a coaching demo here shortly to show you exactly what we mean on each of these steps. But that's the first step. One, recognize. The second step is acknowledge. To acknowledge is, first of all, to own your part in the situation. And this takes back your power from the situation, so you don't have to be a sufferance of it. You can feel calmer about it. And this is where it really makes the whole situation malleable and begin to transform, is owning, yes, this this is a part of me is creating this. And sometimes this may seem difficult. You, you may feel like that other person really is the one doing this to you. But as you search and find the part of you that is allowing participation in or creating this particular reality, now you can go from sitting in the back seat of the car, the back seat of your reality, to being in the driver's seat, right there behind the wheel of the car. And you can change the whole situation. And one thing, sometimes, I don't know if you've worked with this idea, but many mystics will say the world around us is an illusion. And in those moments, we can get so caught up believing everything is real. It it does have real feeling. It has real impact. But when we remember it's an illusion, it can transform. So that's step one, recognize and acknowledge. The other piece of, of acknowledging is not only I see my part in this, how I see how my self-pity or anger brought this down or made this happen. I can take back my power from the circumstance. But the next piece of acknowledging that's a little more difficult for people is feeling your feelings around this issue, feeling the impact that it's having on you or on others. And most people forget to feel their feelings. That's why it's hard to transform realities. Step three is forgive. Now that you've recognized what you want to transform and you've taken ownership of your part and felt your feelings around the situation, now the next step is forgiveness. And forgiveness and acceptance are similar vibrations. You can actively forgive the situation it has been as it has been, or after doing the first two steps of this process, you may find that you really can accept 
what is going on. Both work, forgiveness or acceptance. Now, there may be certain situations where you never want to forgive what happened. It may feel like you're condoning what happened, and there are some situations you may never forgive another person for what happened. But you can always find and forgive why it happened. That is a real secret to forgiveness. If you look deeper into any situation, you can always see the weakness in the other person or in yourself and have compassion for that weaker self. This is the turning key to the whole process where the magic really happens. And the fourth component is change. After you've recognized the situation and acknowledged your part in it and felt your feelings, then forgiven or accepted the situation, you're now ready for the final step. Four, change. And change happens in the forgiveness process, but now you feed this change with your attention and give life to that change that you want to see happen in this transformation. Write about it. What will life be different for you now? How will you choose to be different from this situation, from this transformation? What will you get to do more of now? Or maybe, what will you be able to do less of by this change? Let me just give you a brief example. Then we'll do a coaching demo to show you how this all can work out. Um, My example would be, I used to be a leader and trainer for CTI, the Coaches Training Institute. And one day I was up in front of the room leading a course. And there was a participant in one of my classes that was was disrupting the room by making negative remarks about the curriculum. And she just kept calling attention to herself and interrupting the room. But in a way, I could see that she was impeding the learning in the room also. And I began to get really irritated with her. <laughs> and I found myself distracted as a leader. I, I was My mind was partly on what I was trying to teach, but she kept sucking a lot of the energy out of the room. So during the lunch break, I went into meditation and I did this four-step process. I, of course, I like going into meditation because it slows everything down and I can see more clearly. But I could recognize that a part of me was allowing this and I recognized also that she was in a lot of pain as I looked deeper. I acknowledged the part of me that was feeling really negative that day that I hadn't given voice to. And I also saw in meditation the part of me that was wanting attention from the room. (laughs) I could see her in me. And then I let myself feel my feelings, my anger toward her behavior. I let those feelings really go. And I've shown you how to do that where you imagine opening that third chakra and flowing those feelings out like a river out in front of you. I felt my negativity and desire to get attention, as I said. And then once I saw them both, those parts of me that were really wanting that, I could forgive them and me and take my power back from the situation. So when the, the room and everybody returned after we came back from lunch, this woman who had been so disruptive before lunch returned soft and she was very quiet. She raised her hand when we asked for people to share what was going on with them you know, during lunch, etc. And she started to cry and she said, you know, I've been so skeptical about all of this not working for me and it's a big investment. I had a an emotional meltdown over lunch. And I want to apologize to the group for being so negative this morning. And after that, she became a dream participant in the class. However, I knew that the magic had happened because I was willing to own it and take full responsibility for myself. And the reality changed. That's one example of how the four-step process can work. We're going to be back in just a moment, and then we're going to do a coaching demo from one of you. So 
please call in if you like, 866-472-5795. We'll be back in a moment. Welcome back. So uh, we have Barbara here from Arizona. Barbara, are you there? Yeah, I am. <laughs> well, welcome, and thank you for being on the show today. Brave of you to be coached in front of everybody. Thank you. Yeah, well, thank you. Now, tell me, do you have something you'd like to transform? We're going to use these four-step process to model it, but what's something you'd like to change in your life? Well, I've just come out of a major ceremony And what I know is that there's a part of me that wants to step in to greater leadership in my life. So with Mm. myself, with my career, with my spiritual path, with my family. And that's like a really big global thing. But then the specific issue that's very much up right now is I have a brother who is coming up for a parole hearing on the 21st of July. So for the first time ever, I've wanted, until now, I haven't wanted to have any participation in in helping him ever get out of prison. And something's healed in me where I feel like it's okay now. I'm not scared. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And But there's still a part of me that doesn't know how much time and energy and responsibility I want to put into this and how much I just really, there is a part of me that wants to participate this time, but I don't, I'm really not clear on how much or how and and Mm -hmm. my part in this right now. Okay. So these are two very separate things. One really is about expanding your leadership and the other is more about your participation in your in your brother leaving prison. I actually prison. Is don't see them as separate because okay. there's a way where I've been stepping into greater leadership with my family that helps everybody behave better. Okay, so then, just so we're a little more specific, because it'll it'll help to have a specific thing we're working with. Is it leadership, you know, stepping into more leadership in your family? Yes. Okay, so let's look at one situation in that that category that you may want to transform, for example. So what might that be? Like a situation, maybe it's the fear around the brother coming out, or what what might that be, or, or leadership around your family? Well, what's up for me is how much leadership do I want to take if he is released in prison? How much leadership do I want to take in creating a container where he's more likely to succeed and not mess up and go right back to prison. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And certainly, you know, that would be, you're talking too about, uh, and there's just a bit of a bleed over, there's his responsibility of how successful he'll be, and then there's your creation of how successful he'll be. But he certainly is a, a big participant of this, but you can definitely transform what's going on inside of you around this. Mm-hmm. So when you, let's just look at that, recognizing the situation. When you look at the situation with your brother, and again, pinpointing, is it that what aspect of this you really do want to transform? Can you be a little more clear about that? 
Is it that you want to change your relationship with your brother in this situation, your relationship to the family? What, what do you think? Is it what you want to change? Well, it's really up for me how much direct contact I want to have with him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And part of what's driving this is as my parents get older, the support and guidance they've offered him, the quality of that is really deteriorating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, part of it is is knowing that he he's in some deeply embedded patterns with them and they're actually those patterns are part of the problem. I don't have the clarity on how much he's embedded in those patterns with me, whether I'm even the person to be doing this or not. Well, in this process of, of, of transformation, it's, it's always with our own, we're transforming the relationship to a certain situation. Mm-hmm. So when you think of this situation, Barbara, and you think of it being outside of you, almost as mm-hmm. if you were a victim of it, how would you describe that? What, what's the, the situation that part of you can feel a victim of? When my brother gets unbalanced, he, he can be very angry and be very violent, um, primarily in the way he talks and what he threatens to do, but sometimes in his actions as well. Mm-hmm. And the trauma has just been being afraid for my own life and the life of family members. Absolutely, yeah. So when you recognize, as we just go through this step, uh, four, four-step process, you recognize, here is this brother who can be violent and there's sometimes out of control. And when you recognize what part of you is either allowing this or, you know, is it sufferance, but what part of you... When you look at recognizing, just being aware of, what do you recognize is your part in this situation with him? And it can be brief or not, but what do you notice? Well, I notice that when he acts that way, I don't want to have anything to do with any of my family members. Like, I mm-hmm. just want to disappear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is maybe not that dissimilar to what he's done, is he's set up his life where... There's almost zero contact with the family. <laughs> yeah. So th- there's a real push-pull. Sometimes I want to be leading my family and with them, and then this starts to happen, and I want to disappear. Mm-hmm. So in recognizing that, feel the part of you that, you know, if you go deeper with this too, just beautiful recognizing, yes, there's a part of me that this happens, and I want to withdraw from the situation. Other times I want to engage. And turn to more of the acknowledging of it, the feeling of your feelings around this, or owning the part of you that might even, even if it's point zero 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 one percent that might be creating the situation exactly as it is. Now, this is a tough one. You know, it'd be very easy to say, wait a minute, I'm, I'm not responsible for any of this. But can you see a glimmer of some part of you that has some responsibility in, in the situation? Well, I know that, I mean, I wrote a draft of a letter to him last night, and I offered to have him call me and for us to talk. And in the past, when I've offered, when I've established a closer relationship where we were talking, then I've been pretty unhappy just because once he started talking, I didn't like what he was saying. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really know how to honor that and honor myself at the same time. That's good noticing. So so with your eyes closed, if you would, for a moment, 
feel that there are separate several parts of you, okay? Like you are a number of beings right there. You see them out in front of you. There's the you that's scared and he, when he can be scary. The you that wants this connection with him and wants your, you know, to be closer to your brother. Another part of you that just wants to be but doesn't really like, like being around him or whatever, doesn't like what he has to say. What are you noticing when you see these separate yous and, and their reactions? Now, the one that's the strongest is the one that does, you know, see him as my little brother. And look, I want him to do well. And I want him to be safe. And I want him to have a good life. And, you know, sometimes I do enjoy his company. And those moments of closeness mean something to that part of me. Yeah. Yeah. And there's another part that um, got really activated about a month ago because I realized he's got a lot of forces fighting against him that mm-hmm. are kind of stuck in the past as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, the, it's almost like this justice part that just says, no, it's not okay to beat up on him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He deserves another chance. So staying with your feelings, and you can feel, even when you hear the different voices, they have different emotions that are going on. And feeling is so important to transformation. It's the one piece that gets overlooked so often is just to keep feeling what you're feeling. I'm loving my brother. I'm particularly loving that little boy and what happened to him. Mm-hmm. And so in that, you can acknowledge, yeah, I, I can feel the feelings I have. And as you feel the tenderness or whatever, what else? What other feelings are here for you, Barbara? Well, there's also still the revulsion when he gets angry or nasty or, you know, sometimes it's not even that he's misbehaving, but there's just kind of a low-level, like the things he's interested in are not the things I'm interested in. So, like, being hit by a barrage of details about something that has zero interest for me. Well, you know, in coaching, we have this thing called uh, distinctions, making distinctions, collapsed distinctions. And, and there are a number of things that I'm hearing in here. One is that you somehow feel that to have a, a loving relationship with your brother, that somehow you have to accept, you know, all the, let's say, the the talk that he does that really doesn't interest you. Mm-hmm. And there really, so there's that piece. And then there's a piece where I feel very protective about that little boy that he was and vulnerable, whatever. And also, I'm, I can feel the the adjudicator, the part of me that feels that, that, that he's, you know, served his term. There's a certain amount of respect for the, the judicial, the, the, you know, what is right, the right thing to do here. Mm-hmm. So as you feel into the feeling and what in this right now is calling you to forgive? or accept that may shift this here for you? There's like lots of layers of forgiveness for the ways I didn't know how to protect him or I didn't need know how to step in to have a positive intervention or that I stepped away and didn't even want to have a part of it. Yeah, and can you feel that part of you that is... Um, what, what is that part of you feeling toward that part of you that just didn't mind him better or protect him? What do you feel? Right now I'm kind of numb. I don't have mm-hmm. very good access. I just know that 
There's something underneath there, underneath those words I just said. There is. And it can feel that just a part of you just want to shut that down, and that's fine, that's fine. But you know that there is feeling in there. Mm-hmm. And there, it also seems somehow linked, oddly enough, to this leadership piece. What's going on when you, when you separate these pieces out, you recognize and you start to feel them? What are you noticing? You know, the ways that I have not stepped into leadership are very much linked with this not feeling competent. Mm-hmm. Like having had specific instances where something happened and I didn't know how to of then going to somebody that could teach me, I just stepped away and decided not to do it at all. Mm-hmm. And look a little deeper into that part of you. I just step away, you know. What it, it sounds like you either have a judgment or a thought about her. She wants to be a leader. She wants to step up, but hey, if it gets to a certain point, she'll just step away. Well, what do you notice about that, Barbara? And try and stay deep again with your those feelings open. I'm just breathing with it a minute to see mm, what opens up. Sure, yeah. I feel a distance between that part. You know, like, I just don't... There's something there, but I don't have good access to it right now. Well, using my intuition here a bit, Barbara, I can notice that there's a real push-pull in your family because there's the the feeling of of, um, perhaps a a certain level of either dependency or uh, neediness in your parents on you or your brother, you know, need, need, feed me. We, we have these relationships in, all, in our families. And I sense there's a part of you, out of love, you want to step up and be strong. But when the neediness gets there or this you know, almost abject, you know, you carry me energy, you, you, it flattens you. Yeah. What I'm feeling as you're saying that is just this anger flaring up of you don't get to control me just by being dysfunctional. I get to have my own life and I can walk away when I need to, you know. Leave me so, alone. Yes, exactly. So, Barbara, you know how to do this. Open that third chakra and, and imagine now with eyes closed, just allow yourself to feel that rage, that anger that's behind there. Because there are all those demands on you. And you might sense it as a river flowing. Perhaps it's got a little dam or a dike there you've got to open up. But then log jam. And these may even be the feelings it was not safe to feel. But just let them flow as best you can. And do notice, you know, what's going on in your body, but just say, I give myself permission to feel these feelings. And we also sense a lot of demands that were put on you. It's like, no, I'll just go, I'll just freeze and be quiet. Just now, I personally, for me, I'm going to let whatever this is flow. And not because of them or for for them, but for me. Mm-hmm. That's good. There's movement now. And what are you noticing in your body or in the emotions? What's happening? Right now. I'm noticing that there's a lot of sadness and mm-hmm. 
seems like a part of me that was maybe three or four years old kind of split off, and I'm inviting her to be with me, mm-hmm. kind of deciding whether that's safe or not. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to be abandoned. She actually wants to be connected. <laughs> yes, she does. So you can turn to her. You are connected. I won't abandon you. So many little ones inside of us will feel like, you know, you're growing up, you're going, you're going to leave me. And they need assurance that, no, I'm not going anywhere without you. They need it from us, their future selves. Mm-hmm. So this isn't a long coaching demo, but it is a short enough demo. What is different from where we began here, just by what you felt or seen Either different with your brother, the situation with your family, your leadership. What do you notice now? It's a part of me that's not as judgmental about um, the breaking off or the needing something for myself. Mm-hmm. Some of the anger at my brother, like when we were just doing the third chakra thing, was he was very good at creating crises in the family growing up, and then every. All the resources went to him, and it was just like, I'll be fine. Was, You know, I'm the strong one, so just being angry that I didn't know how to get what I wanted in that situation or needed. Yeah, yeah. One thing that is clear to me, or at least I'm hearing your higher self saying that a part of you feels a bit threatened when he comes out of prison, you know, or, is, or will feel a little threatened when he comes out of pro- uh, prison, but you really are in you know, the domain of your emotions is yours. You know, they can't get in there and do anything about that. That's you and your relationship with those emotions. So there's a place I can still see there's some more, you know, processing to do around that and maybe journaling on these different aspects because there, there's some voices in there that want expression to say how they feel, but they haven't felt quite comfortable on the air to talk and mm-hmm. nor had the time to do that. So that's that would be a bit of homework for you, okay? Okay. But... um. I think it's an interesting piece you saw about the leadership with the active participation and then and and then the withdrawal and how that relates to the family dynamic. So, Barbara, thank you so much for calling in. I really appreciate that. And here's what I know is true, is how strong you are. And actually, you are the strong one. You are the strong one. And even though your brother can be frightening at times, he actually looks to you as the strong one, and it's something to remember. And that's leadership in itself, even if it never takes um, you know, a, a physical form other than how it's just in the family dynamic. But you're at choice with that, okay? Okay. Thank you so much for calling in, and much, le- much love to you. We're going to take a short break. We're going to take a break now. It's a little bit later than usual, but please call in if you'd like some channeling. I will probably have time for one or two of you who want to call in. And that number again is 1-866-472-5795. So please call in over the break. I look forward to speaking with you soon. Thank you.
Listening to Legendary Leaders with Maria Danley. To receive the answer to your most burning question, please call 1 866 472 5795. Again, that's 1 866 472 5795. Now, let's return to Legendary Leaders. Hello, and welcome back. And, uh, I like to go into this meditative state ready for callers so that I can answer any questions you may have at this time. So please call in 866-472-5795. We appreciate that. And um, there's no one calling in at the moment, but there will be. So please do be that person who calls in. In the meantime, Barbara, I mean, I am in a, an altered state. Are you still there by chance? Yes, I am. Okay, do you, if you like, you can ask a specific question. I'm, I'm in a channeling stage. Would, would you have a question until then? Someone calls in, we can answer that question. What would you like me to look at? Um, good question. Just a second, let me scan. So, one of the things I know in the ceremony was I mean, maybe this is just related to the dynamic we were just talking about, but I had several other people praying for my brother, and it was such a relief once I had them doing that, and then most of my dance was really just about me, not about him. So what what type of ceremony is this? It's a, um, a ceremony in the desert where... We're fasting and praying and dancing. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what's your question uh, that you'd like me to look at? Um, I'm actually assuming that part of why I haven't been able to pray very easily for him or feel like I have a very clear channel is just this emotional stuff that's blocking that, mm-hmm, that I mm-hmm. need to feel. Is that yeah. Yeah, so would you like us to look and articulate what's there a little more clearly? That would be lovely. Okay, one moment. Well, we're seeing several, you know, you've got a lot of beings in there. And the one that comes first, at least that your higher self is pointing to, is that child inside who both has a relationship of... um, a protection for the brother, but also is afraid of him. And so it's an, it, she's the one that's both scared and wants him to stay, let's say, where he is. And at the same time, she can feel a lot of love now, a love for him, and so wanting to rescue him. We would say that there's a split there in her, her emotions. She's the one, and it, it's not just the child. The adolescent, uh, 
that's a little more complex. She wants a relationship with um, your brother's children or brother's daughter. Uh, mm-hmm. And so she she is feeling more protective of the daughter. And, and um, so you can see as we speak about them, each one has sort of a mixture, very mixed feelings. It's not like it's all straight. You know, the child want, can't wait to be with them, etc. So you'll probably want to take the time with uh, each one and start journaling to get to see how they feel, and then that will start to flow. But we're seeing that. Um, one more moment. Well, your higher self was talking about the empowerment that you felt when you were at the ceremony, that there was a sense of, I'm in my power, I'm in my element, and there's a euphoric quality to being in that whole ceremony anyway. And the leadership in that in that place came easily because you could feel your strength, your groundedness, your almost altered state of the more of you was present in that time. But when your brother now coming out of prison, it looks like there's this place where um, everything gets threatened and all of a sudden the adult in you, it's not that they disappear, just all of a sudden, you said it beautifully, they want to go hide. And so that is is sort of what's going on here, that that um, you're having a hard time accessing them because one, you don't feel like you've got the freedom and permission to feel the feelings here because it was so loaded, you know, so emotions were loaded by both parents about your brother, um, emotions about the family situation. You know what we're talking about? Yes, I do. So because it's so heavy, it's a place like, well, I got to just go and sit and be with whatever wants to flow through my third chakra, my feelings here, and let it start unraveling and let, let the pictures come up as they will. Now, you may want to control it. I want to work with this person or work with that aspect. But we would say, no, I'd like to open this third chakra. There are a lot of voices, and I give my all of me my permission to feel and all the voices permission to speak. And it might feel like cacophony, or sometimes you'll be very clear. It's this this part that's very protective of your niece, for example. And she has anger, and she has a lot to say, and you want to let her express it. But that's where we're seeing it's kind of like a tight, is because a part of you is both protecting the emotions not to feel them, and another part is uh, feeling, let's say, protective of yourself, that when you get enmeshed with your family, uh, a lot of you disappears. So we hope that's helpful. It is. Um, another piece, if, um, if I may. Um, my nephew and I, had contact a couple days ago. It was very surprising to me that we did, but I've also been avoiding him, and he's been avoiding me. Mm-hmm. And um, one of his friends had died, and I needed to let him know. But it feels like a lot of what my nephew is doing is he's inherited a lot of the patterns of my brother, so that's mm-hmm. kind of scary mm-hmm. for me, too. Well, he has, and um, you know, when we look at his energy field, he's he's covering up a lot. He has things he's ashamed of, things he's embarrassed that he's interested in, and um, he's got anger, anger in the family structure, anger at pretty much family, and very protective about his right to do whatever he wants, even though he's not that proud of some of the things he's doing. That's the energy we see here, and is that helpful? Is that helpful, or do you have a different question about that? That much is helpful. Um, I mean, I guess with him, I just need to feel my feelings, and then maybe I'll know what's next. But well, here, really here's 
here's the other piece of it, though, too, that, that just kind of popped in. And I always get information at different times. But they're saying there is a part of you that wants to be closer to him, very similar to being closer, let's say, to the niece. And mm-hmm. he's not wanting that, and he doesn't want it. Uh, that sounds redundant. He doesn't want it. He wants kind of to be left alone, and he, we see him in this shell of, of, please, stay away. But it isn't personal. He's just trying to go through his, I mean, he's older, but he's growing up. Um, he wants to grow up the way he wants to grow up and he doesn't want anybody to have an opinion about it. It's kind of this, the phase that he's in. But where you're getting hooked is the part of you that wants something different. So we would sense, acknowledge, give him his space, let him go. And as we've said many times, you can always send love to his higher self. And, um, and that will, you know, he'll take in time, but you can't control and won't want to uh, control what's happening in terms of well, you know, one thing or another for him. To, just to, So go talk to the you that's wanting to have a relationship with her nephew, and it's not going to happen, <laughs> at least for now. At least <laughs> for right now. now. <laughs> yeah, she needs to know that. Yeah, but we would sense that. In terms of the leadership qualities, we would say this, and this is another image for you here. Um, and uh, the image is that, I had it a moment ago, one moment. They're, they're showing me, you are a leader and you're doing beautiful leadership. It's just that what happens, there's such a knee-jerk feeling based on the dysfunction of your family that you are immediately go back into, I'm, you know, I'm not a leader, even though you know that you are, you're the strongest one in the family. There's a part of you that reverts to, we want to say more childhood and adolescent pictures of yourself when the pain was so great, um, that that's where you start to feel, Hey, I, I, I know logically I'm the one that's the strong one in the family, but I don't feel much leadership here. So it's really ambivalent. And ambivalent is when you've got many things, a lot of emotion going on, but they're pulling, pulling in different directions. Not unlike a tug of war when you see, you know, 20 strong men on one, one side of the rope and 20 on the other side and this little flag in the center is barely moving. A lot of energy, a lot of emotion going on, but um, it's kind of in there stuck. So... I think the best way to put it is for you to put out, um, you know, to write about these situations, speak with the different aspects of you, but writing out scenarios uh, of, of how it will be, you know, if he comes out, if he gets out and it all goes well, what will happen if he doesn't get out? What will happen if he um, gets out? But whatever the circumstances might be, write them out and feel into them and, and you'll watch and see that the voices inside of you are going to jump up and just start wanting to journal and speak through. Journaling, we suggest, is good for you here because um, some of the quieter ones are too scared to give voice and they're in there and once you give them voice, your, your power will come back and you'll just feel, you know, let's say in dominion, you'll feel in a place of, okay, I can face whichever way this goes now and it doesn't have to take away from my relationship with my niece. I can certainly let have my give freedom to my nephew, and I can love my brother on the level that he's willing, you know, he's willing to let me. And again, I, I don't have to make it be anything different than it already is. So that's what we suggest for you. Okay. Okay, well, we, again, we thank you for, for calling in, and uh, we, have, uh, we have about, I guess, around seven minutes left to the show here. I can't remember. My math isn't that good. But... Um, Thanks, Barbara. We'll be talking with you next time. And uh, we appreciate that. Do you, are you feeling better about the situation? Um, I'm feeling like I have a place to go with it. I'm not quite as numb now. <laughs> 
Okay, well, you, it's a tough situation, and we, we thank you for staying with it and taking the focus on those different parts. And as we say, a lot of other parts are going to come right up at, even after the radio show because they, they want to have a voice, but they didn't want to have it here. Does it, and I, know, I bet you know that makes, <laughs> that, that makes sense, and that can happen. Thank so you. you're really actually flowing a lot more than you think. So we, we say that with a, a lot of love for, for all of you. And um, thanks for being here today, Barbara. And uh, again, we know that a lot of people are on summer break, and maybe that's why people are not calling in. We do love to do channeling, and um, what this is one time when you can call in and have some free channeling is at this time. If anyone still wants to call in, we still have a few more minutes here. But in the meantime, let's talk a little bit about this. Today we spoke about the four steps to transform anything. And um, you can see in this demo with Barbara, it's, it can sometimes be a really complex issue. And there was a lot going on in that issue. It was, I want to grow my leadership. I want to be closer to my family. I don't want to be close. My, and there's a scary situation. You can see it was very difficult. But you can start with things that are easier, you know, something really simple. Okay, I recognize that I'm not happy with the clothes in my closet. You know, what part of me is creating that? Well, the part that doesn't want to, whatever it might be, the part of me that doesn't want to go shopping or spend money. But you take something simpler when you go through recognizing, acknowledging, forgiving, and changing. Another piece for those of you that do like to process, when things are going really well and you're getting what you want, you're in a loving relationship that's happy, you're loving your work, you're, you know, things are going well, you can also deepen and expand that process by recognizing, yeah, I'm in a place of success right now and I'm aware that I'm doing it. I acknowledge it. I feel that success. I feel the joy and happiness of it. And then rather than the last two, which are forgiveness and change, it would be recognize, acknowledge, celebrate the success that you're in. And, and to celebrate something means to make it sacred, to think of it in, in ceremony by lighting a candle or meditating and, on your success and feeling it, celebrating and then expanding it through that celebration. So a lot of information here today. And... Um, as I say, if you were seeking greater clarification about any issue that's going on for you and you'd like guidance on how to take greater responsibility for your circumstances, I am here still channeling if you like that, or we'll do that next time at one 472 5795 Well, we spoke earlier in the show around uh, my ability to channel for you privately, so please do do go to mariadanley.com, D-A-N-L-Y. There's no E in Danley. And you can sign up for a, a private reading if you prefer that. And when you pay for it, you can. Uh, there's a little box. And if you write in that coupon code box the word legendary, then you will get 10% off the reading. So we highly recommend that too. Well, again, I'm very excited about this uh, This. This Facebook page that we just launched, my virtual assistant just put it up, so it's pretty brand new there, but we launched it. You can go to Facebook, and on that page, when you get to Facebook, do go, go to www.facebook.com forward slash, and then write in the words, Legendary Leaders Radio Show. And if you do that, it'll connect you to the page and you will be one. You'll be one with us. I don't know how to answer that. Just go there and see if you want to be a part of it. And maybe you don't. But if you like it, please tell your friends about it as well. I'm sure we're going to expand on that with giving giving gifts. 
<laughs> giving gifts away and having opportunities for visualizations and, and little techniques and tricks to keep you um, on path with your beautiful purpose. So with that, we also want to say, um, I know that all of you legendary leaders right now, many of you are on vacation, others of you are working hard, but wherever you are, I know that you're in the middle of a process, whatever it may be, um, and looking at your own inner life on a very deep level. And as you do that, you are helping to transform the world. So um, with that, I think I'll just, we're going to be closing here in just a moment, but if there are any other callers, we would like to hear from you at this time. Oh, great. Let's have a hear from Michael from New York. Yes, hello, Maria. Thank you for speaking with me. Thank um, you. I've been told that in the past life that I was a uh, Tibetan Lama of Light, mm-hmm. and that uh, in, during this life I've, I've made contact with a profound healer, and he has directed me in many, many ways. And yet, throughout it all, I've come to the conclusion or the knowledge that I am capable um, of more profoundity. And I'm wondering what what uh, you might be able to to add to my better understanding of what is actually going on. Okay. Um, let me, we have a bit of an echo here. Uh, let me see, Michael. And you know, it's a weird thing because we've got three minutes here, so we're not going to be able to do much. And uh, if you were to call back another time when we have a bit more space, but let's just see what your higher self wants to say one moment. And which tone in New York are you in? Just so I can close in a little Westchester, bit. Westchester, White Plains. Okay. Well, there is this this deep space and, and the spiritual practice that you spoke about being a, a Buddhist in another lifetime. Absolutely, you have this well. Um, they're showing me quite a well of, of spirituality, of connection to spirit. And of course, there's the you that uh, had a life, did that in another lifetime, and you weren't going to repeat that in this lifetime, being a, a monk or a Buddhist again. I mean, you certainly can be Buddhist in this lifetime. We're not talking about that. We're saying to that level of, of focus, which you did in another lifetime. But we are seeing that there's a part of you, how do I put it, in conflict, a little conflict here. One who is um, saying, wow, I have all of this this profound spirituality in me. How can I use it better? How can I develop it more? And then you have this little negative ego part that is kind of using the information you receive to try and stick it to you in this way. Um, hey, you're, you know, you got really got you're a really important spiritual person in this lifetime. You really, in other words, trying to feed your ego with that. Do you know what we're talking about, Michael? And so that's the conflict here. It's like if I really get out in a big way with my spirituality, my ego is going to flatten me and it might be public and it might really hurt. And um, Or maybe my ego is lying. Maybe I'm not so hot and big and spiritual as I thought. The truth is you are one with this divine you that is huge. We all are connected to a divine self. We've all had different, let's say, challenges, different lifetimes that we've had, but they all string, string together in a beautiful tapestry that is your own. What I do see for you, and we just make sure I'm getting their words one moment. They're saying that you're, you, what you really are craving in your heart is more quiet time to go deeper 
into your connection with your spirituality in a way that has more humility. When we say humility, not awe, shucks, we mean really not knowing. Okay, there's something profound in me. I want to be in touch with the truth of it. We spoke earlier on this call about honesty and loyalty. And this idea of, I want to really be honest about this. I got a part that can really, you know, build up my ego quickly on this one. And I surrender that to my higher self or to God or whatever works for you so that I, in a sense, can become, go deeper into the peace. Because that's what we sense in you. There's this vast, still quiet peace inside of you. Your outside life, you know, pulls you around quite a bit. But you're, you're seeking, I want to come down more to this essential self in me and, and start to grow that, that connection. And let my life start to flower more from, because I go so deep in meditation, and you have wiring that you can do that, <clears throat> that I can allow that quiet, that peace, that connecting to something more real than all of this chatter I have going on about that information that I'm either a spiritual guru or that I might give it to my ego, I'm going to sink deeper in meditation beyond all that and connect with my oneness. And out of that practice, and we do see that this, that is the practice you're seeking, that there's going to be more that will be unveiled. And we want to say a new, uh, a new path for you. We don't know if it's a big path change, but there is a new something that wants to come out of that authenticity. Is that helpful to you? It's an absolute blessing. An absolute blessing. Oh, what a sweet thing to say. Well, <laughs> thank you for calling in. We can always take that deeper in a longer hour, but, you know, you have this beautiful soul. Yes. So, thank you. And uh, we just wanted to say to all of you legendary leaders, thank you for listening to the Legendary Leaders Answering the Higher Calling. It's an honor to support all of you unsung heroes on your journey to become the legendary leaders that you're destined to be. And until next week, I send you my love and best wishes. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in this week for Legendary Leaders. Maria Danley invites you to join her for another inspiring show next Tuesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave channel. Have a wonderful week.